Welcome to the ILO Employment Podcast Series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, The Future of Work. I'm your host, Tom Netter, and today we're going to talk about apprenticeships in the informal economy and their impact on the future of work. In a world with high rates of unemployment and underemployment, an ever-increasing number of people are looking for work amidst rapid change that is increasing skills mismatches and shortages. This in turn requires the development of new forms of training and learning, and nowhere is this more important than in the informal economy. Millions of young people in the developing world acquire skills through apprenticeships in the informal economy. In many countries in Africa, for example, they greatly outnumber youth acquiring skills through formal technical and vocational education and training. A new ILO labor standard on quality apprenticeships has focused attention on the need to upgrade training and learning. But what kind of jobs are we talking about? And what can ILO members do to strengthen informal apprenticeships? Joining us today to share his experience is Yasser Ali, an ILO technical officer in skills based in Amman, Jordan, who has vast experience in the areas of skills development, training, coaching, and work-based learning, just to name a few. Yasser, welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Let's begin with some basic questions. Can you define the difference between formal and informal apprenticeships? Thanks, Tom. Um, without going in, in a very detailed definition of apprenticeship and using several terminology, I need to differentiate between formal apprenticeship and informal apprenticeship in terms of the element of the apprenticeship program. So we have um, several elements in any uh, formal or informal apprenticeship starting from learning venue, which is the workplace actually, in both a formal and informal. While in the informal apprenticeship, we are talking more about micro and small enterprises. Regarding the learning content, both formal and informal apprenticeship, the learning of the skill of the occupation happened by experienced craft person. While in the informal apprenticeship, we are talking more about structured formal curricula, which is follow the national or accredited curricula, which is not the case of informal apprenticeship. For the learning process, mainly the work process have the on-job training in both uh, formal and informal apprenticeship. What make the formal apprenticeship differ from the informal apprenticeship is the dual system or the duality where the classroom or off-job training also existed in formal apprenticeship, which is not the case for informal apprenticeship, where all the training happened in workplaces. Coming to the training agreement, we have both formal apprenticeship and informal apprenticeship have the training agreement, which is mostly written based in the formal apprenticeship and it is regulated by formal laws and act. While mostly in the informal apprenticeship, it is verbal one, it is not written one, and it is embedded in local norms and, and tradition of a society. Now, the parties of the formal and informal apprenticeship. In the formal apprenticeship, we have the apprentice, we have the employer or craft person, but also we have the government. We have the activity provider, which is not mostly existed in the informal apprenticeship. And the training agreement is concluded by the apprentice all alone with the employer. And the, uh, the cost sharing, it's happened between the employer and apprenticeship. 
while in the formal apprenticeship. We have the government, we have the activity provider, which have some sort of co-sharing. So this is simply the differences between the formal apprenticeship and informal apprenticeship. In terms of the learning venue, the content, the process, the training agreement, and the cost sharing. Okay, great. Um, can, uh, can you give us an idea of the size of the population involved in informal apprenticeships? Actually, this is um, a very detailed evidence about the informal apprenticeship. I will come here briefly and mention that uh, almost uh, we have 2 billion of the population, which is aged 15 and more, work informally. And this represents about 60% of the global employment. And this is varies from one country to another and from one region to another. For example, in Africa, this is could reach 85%. In our Arab state, it reached about 70%. So we are talking about good portion of employment and also learning, which is happened and occur in informal setting. As you see, that it, it could reach 80% or 70% of total employment happen in, in informal apprenticeship. Have informal apprenticeships evolved uh, over time? Let's say that actually the informal apprenticeship is the most common uh, form of learning. And I'm pretty sure to say that it is the only type of vocational training which has happened in the past. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving example from our region, our Arab state, which uh, the apprenticeship or informal apprenticeship was the most common uh, form of learning in many occupations especially in the craft and related trade. In past and until the beginning of 20th century, the father uh, would bring his son to one of the employer or a craft person and ask him to teach his son the profession or the occupation. From this point, the employer or a craft person take on the responsibility of the trainee. It is not only the responsibility of learning, but also the responsibility of his action, his conduct, and also his life, his socioeconomic life. So in many cases, the trainee social life, the saving, the marriage, all are responsibility of the employer. In other words, this apprenticeship combined the transfer of knowledge and the training in the profession with acceptable limit to work right and condition, as well as socioeconomic aspect the employer played with the uh, training. So you can imagine, uh, uh, Tom, how this informal apprenticeship was established, that the employer or craft person not only care about the learning, the occupation, the trainee, but he also responsible about his life, about his socioeconomic life, about every detail in, in his life. This is one form of informal apprenticeship that include many items which we are struggling nowadays to achieve and we are not succeeding. Well, that brings me to the question of how do these informal apprenticeships actually deliver uh, quality and relevant skills training uh, that would align with uh, labor market needs? In principle, yes. 
informal apprenticeship is able to deliver quality and relevant skill training. Because simply the training process is occur in real workplace and the knowledge transfer, as we saw from the definition, that the knowledge transfer from the experienced master craft person or employer. So simply the skill of the trade of the occupation is automatically transferred from the craft person to the trainee in real workplace. However, this is not the ideal case. And from my experience, I had two main observations to that. First, this is large depend on the extent that the enterprise or master craft person is updating to the new technology in the market because not all employer or craft person are updated to the new technology, emerging technology. And this is affect the knowledge transfer to the new technology to the trainee. And the transition from learning to employment is slow in informal apprenticeship. And uh, this could extend to years, particularly in micro and small enterprises. So this is the main observation that could affect the transfer of the knowledge and the deliver of the quality and relevant skill from the employer to training. Well, you've touched on this before, but um, uh, on a country level, what is being done to improve the quality of informal apprenticeships? Uh, uh, can you give us some of the priorities? Um, uh, is there new forms of certification, OSH, learning quality? Um, in reality, government are more concerned in informal education and training system and less interest with the informal system, although it's large portion compared with, with formal one. Uh, one of the dimensions that the government concerned with informal uh, worker in some country is the provision of some sort of certification process that ensuring worker have occupational license to practice the occupation. It comes as a type of regulation labor market more than improving skill delivery and informal apprenticeship. Occupational health and safety, for example, come as inspection component applied by government for all enterprises without taking into consideration the differences and challenge in complying with the needed requirement. But yes, a gradual approach is needed here, and it is also implemented in some country. Uh, for example, some countries work on national framework on apprenticeship that cover all type of apprenticeship and work-based learning, including informal apprenticeship. This approach entails improving both the learning process supporting the enterprise, improving learning and enabling environment. Because improving learning process alone through linking informal apprenticeship with formal education and training system could lead in improving the type of training and skill delivery and reduce the transition period from learning to employment. However, this need to combine with supporting the enterprises. So this is the two main wing of any informal apprenticeship learning process, and also supporting the enterprises. Without supporting the enterprises, we cannot achieve what we need from the informal apprenticeship. So this includes upgrading the technical skill of master craft person to the market in new technology, improving learning environment with the needed equipment and raw material, apply intensive mentoring, coaching, monitoring, tracking, and assessment to apprenticeship 
and training progress, improving the work organization and management, improving the occupational health and safety. So the enabling environment in terms of decent work dimension need also support, mainly encouraging and supporting employer and worker coverage by social protection floor. In addition to that, improving efficiency and effectiveness is a fundamental rationale with goal of making the system less exploitative and less burden to the people. However, this is not easy if the main building block of apprenticeship system are not established. Mainly, the clear role and responsibility of different stakeholders and the funding arrangement, in addition to setting a clear regularity framework. To make this happen, meaningful social dialogue among the government, social partner, private sector, activity provider, and other actor is essential. Now, you've mentioned social dialogue. What is the role of social dialogue in informal apprenticeships, and how can it be further strengthened? Yes, uh, social dialogue is a cornerstone of ILO work, including all type of negotiation, consultation, or even simply an exchange of information between or among representative of government, uh, employer, worker, in issue of common interest relating to economic and social policy. Now, the relationship between social dialogue and quality apprenticeship training take various forms in different countries. Tripartite, bipartite, bodies exist in many countries to formulate, implement, and monitor apprenticeship training policy. Similarly, Apprenticeship training may be subject to negotiation between government and social partner, or just between employer association and union. The engagement of social partner, both employer, union, and professional association is necessary to ensure that the organization and the content of apprenticeship meet the need of employer and the wider economy and student. Now, many countries, even my country, Jordan, have established national skill sector bodies for council, which is employer-led governance body, tasked with leading skill development in their sector. These bodies can play a vital role in strengthening the social dialogue toward meaningful outcome that address the key building block of apprenticeship. And the main element of apprenticeship, including the apprentice, employer, learning content, and the process, training ag agreement, cost sharing, learning environment, and decent work aspect. Let me uh, to say, Tom, that this is not a dream. It was happened in the past, and it can be happened in the future. Just to mention that what we are struggling to achieve nowadays was reality in the past. So replicating it is not a dream. One example, just one example of my Arab and Islamic region, mentioning about the concept of Islamic waqf, which is endowment or charity, it spread until the 19th century, and it is extended and uh, a wide range of services, including basic needs, school, and hospital. It is also included unemployment prevention, small-scale project, and the training. Imagine what, there was a dedicated Islamic endowment for teaching craft and profession. This has happened for years and centuries. 
highlighting the role of society and the private sector in supporting vocational and apprenticeship program. So Tom, we no longer have this role and we are now struggling to have the community and the private sector support for a training and apprenticeship program. Social dialogue could be happened. It happened in the past and could be happened in the future, but with the condition of meaningful of social dialogue that include all party uh, concerned with apprenticeship and vocational training. Well, thanks. Uh, let me ask you one final question. Um, what do you think is needed to build greater international, regional, or national cooperation on quality apprenticeships? And how would this affect informal apprenticeships? Actually, there, there is much to do here. The quality apprenticeship recommendation, R208, which is endorsed in 2023 recently, mentioned some action here, including exchanging information in good practice in all aspects of quality apprenticeship, also cooperating to offer expanding learning opportunity to apprentices and to recognize competencies required through apprenticeship program or prior learning. In addition to building effective partnership to promote quality apprenticeship program, including through tripartite national sectoral or even occupational skill bodies. Global and regional alliances and apprenticeship network and promoting the recognition of apprenticeship qualification nationally, regionally and internationally. So this is mentioned in the quality apprenticeship recommendation, but uh, personally, I believe that the provision of real success implementation of upgraded informal apprenticeship is the most crucial one. This key building block of apprenticeship seem to be hard to achieve. Providing real example in how social dialogue help in shaping upgraded informal apprenticeship and defining clear roles and responsibility stipulated in national regulatory framework is very necessary here. So, providing more realistic financial arrangement and other key building block coping with the context of developing country and applicable even in small and micro enterprises is a primary important. So what we need to exchange real example that solve the main issue and challenge in the six building block of apprenticeship and mainly about the role and responsibility, the social dialogue, the funding arrangement, Having um, a realistic example from several countries can guide other countries to, to do it and build on their experience. And by this, I think we can improve the informal apprenticeship and uh, make the uh, key drivers and the key building block of formal apprenticeship also happen in informal apprenticeship. Thank you. Yasser, thanks very much for sharing your interesting insights with us today and helping us understand more about this issue. One thing is clear. Informal apprenticeships are vital to helping youth find work and improve their livelihoods. Will they lead to good, decent jobs? Will people in the informal sector eventually be able to transition to more formal employment if they want to? These and other questions bear watching. 
In the meantime, the ILO's work in this domain, both in the past and present, goes a long way towards strengthening the informal apprenticeship system for a better future of work. I'm Tom Netter, and you've been listening to the ILO Employment Podcast Series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, The Future of Work. For more on this, go to www.ilo.org forward slash employment. Meanwhile, thank you for your time.